Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Here's our host, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Inside Sources. This is your host with my co host, Taylor Morgan and Mara Carabello, filling in today temporarily. I know you usually hear Boyd us Matheson. at night. They've let us out. They've yeah. let us up to the big studio during the day. I will say, Boyd's studio is a, just a little bit nicer, a little bit larger. But, you know, Boyd's a little Boy's nice Boyd. and a little, you know. So yeah. if, if you want to join Taylor and I um, on a regular basis, we are on uh, KSL at night with a number of other hosts from 7 to 9. But uh, we have been talking about the, the legislative session. Yes. Um, I'm wearing a tie, right? That's and it right. it's growing increasingly uncomfortable. So that means the legislature must be in session. You have been squirming a little bit in your seat. Yes. It's true. Um we want to talk, though, Taylor and I want to peel back the 104 elected officials. Boy, they get all the glam. They get the spotlight as they deserve. They're they're sacrificing a lot. We wanted to peel back a layer and talk about the incredible professionals who support what's going on. And, you know, we're not going to start here. I'm going to give a little tease, Taylor. Uh, okay. Uh, in a little bit, at the end of this segment, we want to um, talk about an announcement that was made today about a new major um, staff switch at at one of the most important. I, I'll just I'll just foreshadow this as one of the most important non elected offices that help the capital. But let's start with interns because they deserve yes, every year. Uh, each member of the House and Senate gets an intern. They're from all of the higher education institutions. Uh, legislators get to pick their own. The staff at the House and Senate help pick them out. So hello to all of you interns who. Um, have very different experiences. Some of them get really involved in policies. Other, frankly, sort of just support the existence of the the representative or senator. Absolutely. I think I, we were both interns, right? We were. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't uh, call me out for being a nerd, Mara, but I think I did three legislative what? internships. Wow. I don't get me started. Okay. Yeah. It's too late. You've opened this can of worms. Listen, being a legislative intern is a tremendous. Tremendous opportunity sure. for these college students. Yeah. They do the day-to-day uh, bread and butter work of legislating. The legislators, this would not work without these interns. Okay, I'm going to go up a level because they are essential, but they are temporary. Yes. There is also uh, a chief clerk in both offices. I, you cannot underestimate how much work the chief clerk does. This is the person who is responsible for making sure that all 
everything gets written down and codified, all the changes, the correct version of the bill, that the decorum is kept, you will often see the Senate president and the Speaker of the House reaching over the dais and having a discussion with the people in front of them. Well, this is part of the set of professionals who have been around forever that make sure that the correct bill gets filed, that what is written is um, being heard, that uh, the the floor of those discussions are functioning. And these guys work, boy, 365 days a year really hard. Yeah, so do. you have an entire infrastructure of clerks and officials that are also supporting those legislators. And then you move out a little bit. Taylor, you worked for the state elections office for a while. I did, I mean, yeah. That is a function of the government that you don't hear about are these professionals who – often go to professional training, actually, about how to handle elections correctly. We've heard about that a lot in the last couple of years. And the state elections office up there uh, does a lot more than just oversee elections in our state. And I believe, actually, we will be having on Lieutenant Governor Deidre Henderson in our next segment uh, to talk a little bit more about uh, her role in her office. But uh, the state elections office also handles uh, financial disclosures, Mm -hmm. right, for all statewide offices. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Another fun function that is probably a legacy position. I tell you what, these jobs are hard to get. So those of my retired friends listening who want a very interesting side gig, the sergeant at arms come during the session. Now, these are the, the folks that sort of if you will, guard the doorways. We affectionately call them the, the green coats. The green coats, and you would know why they have they have a master's level worthy blazer on. Yes. They are sitting outside um, and they restrict entrance. They're who you yeah. get to know so that hopefully when you fill out a form to see if you can get a member of the House or Senate to come meet with you, they are who pass and, that along. And do not be fooled because this 70-year-old gentleman. Mm-hmm. He knows stuff. He is... <laughs> Swift and yes. powerful, and he will tackle you if you try to get past him into the into one of the wow, chambers. Wow, this seems like firsthand knowledge. Maybe. Okay, so we want to talk about another position that was newly or is in the process. Um, today on the House floor, you saw Speaker Greg, I mean, Speaker Brad Wilson, read in to account um, SJR, so the Senate Joint Resolution Number Two. And um, it was to appoint a new uh, general counsel to represent the state council of general resources. So I will tell you, there is a team of independent, smart, neutral, well-educated 
Legislative Research and General Counsel. They are who help the legislators move from a concept to a legal bill. Okay. They do the drafting. I have to interject just so the listeners fully appreciate what you're talking about here. Imagine being a full-time attorney. Yeah. Who is on call year-round, Mara, for legislators to call <laughs> to with, make their wishes with whatever their, their latest wish or wacky yeah. idea may be. These attorneys who work in the Office of Legislative Research and General Counsel, they are uh, – well, they're heroes. I don't know how this process works without them as well, right? And you refer to uh, Senate Joint Resolution 2. Uh, that passed uh, the uh, both chambers, and as a consequence, we now have a, a brand new legislative general counsel. And I would argue, Mara, uh, that this individual is perhaps one of the most influential and powerful people in all of state government. It's also noted that uh, this is um, a, 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 the person who held this job before her held it for a really long time. So it's been a long time since we switched over. Let's hear it in the words of the bill sponsor. Notably, I will say again, the Senate president and the Speaker of the House are who have proffered this. Let's take a listen to earlier today what Representative Brad Wilson said when he introduced Victoria Ashby as the new general counsel for the Utah legislature. Uh, Representatives, uh, on my left is someone that most of you know, uh, and if you don't, you will soon. Uh, This is uh, Victoria Sterling Ashby. Victoria has been a member of this team here at the Capitol and our Office of Legislative and General Counsel for a number of years. Uh, And recently, uh, through the uh, very rigorous selection process that the Legislative Management Committee went through, uh, was recognized and selected to be the legislature's next general counsel. Again, Speaker Wilson said it best. This is a person who has a tremendous influence on the process. I I want to point out that he mentioned at the top that all legislators already knew this person. Uh, This this person uh, has been – she has been instrumental already. So you said this – I want to cut to something else that Representative Wilson said to highlight the difficulty and importance um, and influence that general counsel has. A a, a quick soundbite from Representative Wilson earlier. Victoria, I think you understand this, but there's no other position in government uh, as an attorney – uh, that is both as difficult as this, but also as influential uh, as this. Yeah, I, it's absolutely right. And uh, I, I know we're very short on time here, Mara, but I, I just want to call out that I appreciate how much uh, we here at KSL are focusing on the legislative session. And look, I, I get it. This is a lot of this can be seen as inside baseball and Perhaps some listeners are just tired of the legislature already on day two. And trust me, I understand that. But pay attention. Get involved. It is so easy to track the legislative process and have an influence on that. And everyone can do that. So, Taylor, I'm really excited. This next segment, we have the lieutenant governor with us to talk about how to plug in and get more involved. So make sure you stay tuned for the next segment. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. 
Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.